Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendes. This is, of course, the big match preview where on this week's show we'll be looking back at the uh, Carabao Cup defeat at Newport County on Tuesday evening. And, of course, ahead to Saturday's trip up to London Road to take on Peterborough United. Joining me uh, so far to have those uh, conversations, uh, first uh, Charlton Live appearance of the season, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? All good, Louis. All good. It's a bit weird. That's yeah. just being us, though. It feels a bit empty down the bottom. Yeah. Well, we were expecting more, to be fair. So we're, hope, we're hoping even Mark or, or, or Joe, as a last-minute substitute, might join us uh, later on in the show. But there are loads of people joining us live uh, on YouTube. Good evening to Andrew uh, and to All Hell at Let Loose, who appears to be enjoying a, a curry as, uh, as he watches. Uh, Shiny Phil is joining us as well. Greetings uh, to you and to everyone. Uh, who is sat there in the YouTube uh, stream. Make sure you get involved uh, with tonight's show. Let us know what you made of the uh, performance uh, over in South Wales on uh, Tuesday evening and uh, what changes you'd like to see for Saturday's trip uh, down to Peterborough or anything else you want to have your say on uh, this evening on Cholton Live as well. So like I say, we're going to look back at that game uh, in a few moments' time. We're going to hear the goals uh, and the post-match thoughts of the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden. Uh, later on, we're going to discuss the injury crisis uh, a little bit because there certainly seems to be one brewing uh, at this moment in time. Uh, and as I said, we'll turn our attention to the posh game. We'll hear from Dean again, his presser today, looking ahead to that game. Uh, hopefully going to be joined by Tim uh, from the Yellow Block pod as well to tell us a little bit about uh, the posh, uh, see uh, how they're getting on uh, this season. Dudley Gibbs uh, already in there. Where's your wine, Sue? Uh, Sue, obviously known last season for a vats of uh, of beverages, <laughs> which we'll, 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 uh, we'll ask her later on in the show. Uh, just before we hear the goals from Newport, Sue, um, yeah, uh, maybe a reality check. Um, I think that the conversation that we've been having on last Thursday, Saturday is, you know, where the squad is currently, we, we know there's been some good incomings, but what we do also know is that it's not done yet and it needs to be completed. And I think if anyone was, uh, wasn't was sure about that, then they certainly do know that now after after Tuesday, where, uh, you know, a much-changed side, um, well, in the second half, got their backsides handed to them. Yeah, I think it's always hard with them cup games, isn't it? Because you, you kind of look at it and say, right, what's, what's the priority when you have got a squad that maybe isn't where you need it to be. So then, like you're saying, like second half, changed it up. It obviously didn't really work. But I guess it's with those cup games, I, I probably speak for the minority here, but I'm, I'm never that bothered about cup games, if I'm honest. I, I, I would much rather 
get knocked out early doors and then like the old cliche concentrate on the leg but I think this this season is definitely one of those that that needs to be the focus at least top six needs to be the absolute aim so I'm not I'm not fussed yeah it is difficult to get your head around the, the fact that you've lost to a lower league side but at the same time, we know what these games can go like. When you're playing a lower league side, they're more up for it because they want to beat the big boys. Well, not that we're big boys, but they want to they want to beat the team that's that's supposed to be beating them. So they seem a bit more up for it. We some like I think we've always struggled with that whole mentality of playing a team where we should win it. Um, so that how that those players prepare mentally. I know Dean's really hot on the whole mental side of the game, but I think somewhere in the back of your mind as a player, you must be going into it thinking, oh, we're going to win this. And that potentially doesn't then necessarily um, set you up in the right headspace to play a competitive game against a team that you're apparently better than. Mm, yeah. And, uh, well, any... Uh misgivings that we were better than Newport in the second half are, uh, are answered quite resoundingly. I mean, it's a really strange performance. We should welcome Mark Newbury uh, to the show now. Uh, hi, Mark. Uh, good to see you. Your first show of the season as well. How are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, good. Sorry for being a bit late. Just uh, family duties. That's all right. That's, uh, that's, uh, I've, I've always said I expect people to put the pod ahead of their families, but for some reason, no one ever listens to me on that. So uh, good to see you. We will talk more uh, about the defeat to Newport in a few moments' time, but I think we should listen back uh, to the goals uh, from Charlton TV. Your commentator was, of course, Terry Smith. Campbell, a ball or two, Eden in the penalty area on the left-hand side. Ball back across towards Campbell. Gets a shot and it touched in by Carnu, And Charlton have the lead. Daniel Carnu with Newport looking for offside has touched it home to give Charlton the lead in his Carabao I'm Cup holding. time. Sent him scurrying across to the Newport right-hand side and Hector comes across to deal with it. Oh, and then McGrandall says uh, the ball taken off his toes and they're in the penalty area in Newport and they shoot and score. <laughs> McGrandall's caught in possession. Charlton for him and it's a foul. Referee books Anderson for protesting. And the home side are back on level terms. Was there a foul in there on McGrandles? Charlton made a real meal of yeah, trying to get it out. Uh, swap sides. Ball into the box is headed away by Ness. Only as far as Bonswell. Jinx to his left. Looks to try and get a ball back across. He does and Evans scores. And the home side take the lead. didn't deal with it on that right-hand side as the ball dropped to wait sent the ball across the headed clearance went straight to Bonswell took on Mitchell recovered him put the ball back across straight to Evans and had no problem drilling it past Eisted and on 75 minutes the home side had to leave Mitchell oh, Taylor slipped over and it's Charles Lee into the penalty area he's got Palmer Holden and that's 3-1. And how's that taking it beyond Charlton? It was just a slip from Taylor as he tried to control the ball into his feet. Hector with the ball out to Ness. 
Green turn found Mitchell, ball into Taylor, he just slipped at the wrong moment. And the ball into Palmer Holden, an easy job to slot it past Eisted. That's a big hill to climb. There we go then, uh, Terry sounding uh, as despondent as the defending in that second half uh, deserved, really, Mark. It was a really bizarre game down there in, in South Wales. In, in the first half, uh, I mean, we edged ahead right on the stroke of half-time, and uh, I was saying to someone in, in the press box, you know, it felt, it felt like it was it was a bit of a nothing game that we, we were controlling possession-wise uh, without creating a great deal. Newport barely registered anything in terms of a, a, of a decent effort on target in the first half. And then second half, now, as we saw a lot last season, we just completely shot ourselves in the foot and, and all three goals were, were avoidable from us. So, you know, we, we know where we needed to improve last season and, and there were aspects of the performance on Tuesday that suggest there's, there's still work to be done. It was, I mean, the best way to describe that second half was probably amateurish. It was silly mistakes. We literally, we gift-wrapped them all three goals. The first one, knock it out. It was ball was never going to go out. We painted ourselves into a corner. Second one, you know, five people go for the same person, and it just seemed like there was no organization. It seems to be, I don't know, obviously, Hector was skippering, but I don't, it just seemed unorganized. And that was really a benchmark of last season with stupid goals and then looking at each other and thinking, well, who was that? And then it's, it had a look of it, the second half, almost like um, a pre-season game. And we weren't we weren't at it at sort of like 90%, at 80%. And I did think it was strange to a degree with for Gafford saying he wants a winning mentality and then changes the side so dramatically. I mean, I understand he's got a squad and he's going to have a look at one of the two of his players and say, right, you know, convince me that you're good enough. Um, and, you know, ideally, these games are there for that. They're, they're those, this and the Papa John's, or whatever it is this season, are those kind of games. And you can look at the players who you've got. But I don't think there's anyone there who, who painted themselves into his starting eleven if it wasn't for injury. I mean, there's players there who we think should be moved on. But I can't see other teams looking at them thinking, oh, you know what, he's going to improve our side unless it's a lower league team. And it, it did seem, it seemed strange. And like I say, the same defensive mistakes we made, it's a bit old school to say, look, you know, they can't score if a ball's in Rosehead. Everyone thinks, you know, oh yeah, play out from the back like Barcelona or Man City or Liverpool. or We're not that team. We're really not. We should know our level. I don't mind having some clogger of a centre-half who puts his nut on the ball and gets as far away from the goal as possible. I, I mean, I'm not saying this, you know, it should be a kick and chase affair, but since when did all footballers think they were Lionel Messi? It's just like, yeah, everyone's expecting now to get the ball and be comfortable. And no, know your strengths. Are you a good defender? Can you stop the other team from scoring? That's the priority. I don't want to see some centre-half thinking, OK, I'm going to go on a 15, 20-metre run and then lay it off nicely. Get rid of it. Give it to your guys who can do that. And unfortunately, this play-out from the back, you know, as the third goal, yeah, he slips over. But, you know, knock it up the line and reset. Give, your chance, give yourself the chance to reset the team. 
and you know you're putting pressure on yourselves which you don't need and we were punished by a league two side because they went you know what wow look at all this space i've got i mean the guy for the third mm. goal could have stopped done his laces and still had time to pick a corner and it's just like oh you know why yeah. mm, why <laughs> frustrating, frustrating. It's interesting, actually. So, I mean, I mean, Mark, Mark sort of touched on the, the goals specifically that we've conceded there, and that is certainly something I want to drill in. But Jay in the comments has gone for the overarching question, which I think it will be a good discussion point. So let, let's dive straight into it. He said it's a classic example of uh, believing our own hype. Hopefully, uh, the, the lesson is learned. Now, um, I mean, I think all hell let loose mentioned on Twitter during the week about how um, the... the the, the fan base after Saturday and, and maybe before it, they were, it was really up. Like everyone was really feeling that we've got a chance this season, top six. You know, I, I even said on, on the pod, you know, transfer business so far is definitely in the right direction. Um, but as I said earlier, so it, it, there is still a lot to do, uh, as we saw last night. And, and is there a case that because we have signed Alfie and we've signed Pan Kamara and, and all these players who are, you know, legitimately good League One players? Have we got carried away with ourselves and forgotten that we do have a soft underbelly at the back? That, that I mean, we probably need a, a more experienced couple of defenders to help out or, or certainly better organised because there was experience in that defence, as Mark mentioned, Heck, Heck was back there. Um, and, and we need to not get carried away with where we are just yet because we, we've taken the first few steps in the right direction because there's still a, a little way to, to walk down that path. Yeah, I think, like, obviously... Like looking back to Saturday, like like Lloyd Jones, I think had a, re- a really decent um, match, but it was clear that he can't do ninety minutes yet. So I guess that that's when the, when you're doing your cup games, that's when you bring your others in to see if they're capable of kind of covering in the case of um, like people being injured or not being able to do the full ninety. So it is it's it's difficult to. I mean, yeah, I'll admit I was buzzing after Saturday. I was excited. I felt happy. I think a lot of that was the atmosphere, if if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was a decent enough game. Um, But then, yeah, I think exactly what's being said is like you, it's back to reality, isn't it? On a Tuesday night away in the cup when you're playing a team that's in a league lower than you and clearly... I don't know whether they're up for it more or whether there is, like, I think, obviously, uh, it was touched on about Terry Taylor for that that third goal when he slipped and you sort of query, is that just a match fitness thing? Like, is it, he's just not quite up to being white on it because of um, the fact that he he's, he's not, he has, hasn't done a pre-season with us. Um, I don't know how... When, when these players are, are obviously coming into our club, how much of a pre-season they've had. So, um, because we didn't have any new ones right from the off, did we? So, I think some mm. of these lads are probably still catching up uh, with the fitness. Um, but, yeah, I think Tuesday's obviously now raised some question marks around the strength of that squad and how many more and in what positions we need them. Whereas I think after Saturday, we were all like, oh, yeah, we only need a couple more. Well, I was certainly. I think now you, you probably really stick lay another four or five. Mm. And, uh, I mean, Dean, we'll hear later on, he's talking about obviously players are going to have to go out before they come in. And all hell let loose is saying is McGrandles and DJ. And obviously, um, 
DJ not involved on on Tuesday. McGrandall's uh, we'll, we'll probably uh, look back at some of the goals he's been involved with on, on Tuesday and felt he, he could have done a bit better with them as as well. Mark, um, the, the the aspects of, of that of that performance as well, because obviously McGrandall's is one of the ones who would have come in and. You know, if you're a player in his position coming in, this is your chance to stake a claim. And I, the, the the concern was that there probably wasn't enough that did that for for Dean on on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, I I think he was one of the ones I, I did raise an eyebrow that he was given a squad number because I thought he was on the list of about five who we could possibly move on if we had the chance. Um, and like I said, you know, has he has he painted covered himself in glory? No. Has, has he made mistakes? Yes. Is it the be all and end all? No. You know, I'd be more upset if we were sitting here talking about a league game where we've lost three one. Um, but as I said, you know, where where are these players? How are they looking at it? I mean, DJ's another one. I, you know, I think we've seen the last of him. McGrandall's. I can't see him pushing anyone else out of the way. I thought, talking of Taylor, I, I thought he was a bit of a strange signing. I know you probably covered it last week on the first day back about all the new signings. I, I thought he was a strange one to join the squad. Um, I didn't see he gave us anything which we didn't have on the bench or potential with the, with the kids. And again, but he hasn't had, like the Gavin said, he hasn't had a lot of pre-season and he's not really up to speed. But can you use that as an excuse? You know, a player should be ready. They should have a certain level of fitness at this time of the season, even if he hasn't had a pre-season with us. Um, you know, you should be keeping yourself fit and ready. You know, there's one or two there. It's difficult for the kids, but I think it's a good learning experience for them as well to to deal with that, um, How they see how they take it, the Mitchells, the Nessies. Because mm. obviously they've played in teams coming through the ranks who have lost but now it starts to mean that sort of like 10 percent extra when you do lose you know obviously the 600 odd fans who have traveled all the way down there to support and it's it's how they bounce back for it more than the mcgrandles of this world because i, I say I, I think he's a there to cover injuries i don't think he's going to be the first name penciled in you know, it's not sort of like picking on the guy. I just don't think we're the right fit for him. Simple as that. So he he can go, yeah. and I don't think many people would be going. Oh, I wish he'd stayed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Again, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. So the real JD says uh, most teams do play from the back. It's the way uh, the modern game is uh, when necessary. Uh, is just common sense. Dudley though uh, agrees with Mark saying Rosette. Uh, when when necessary uh, on that one, uh, the only Freeman, and this is probably a fair point. And you know, we we go and win at Peterborough on Saturday, and and Newport will soon be forgotten. He says we don't need to analyse it too much. We put out a weakened side. Uh, we aren't good enough to do that sort of thing. Can just put all the non-starters together. You can't just put all the non-starters together and expect a result. And then obviously on the other side of that is the fact that we, some of these players will be called upon in league football when when we need. Uh, some some rotation in the squad or when there's injuries to fill in. So it's, it is about finding that, that balance. And like I say, it, it certainly was an indication of the squad depth that, that wasn't quite right um, there. I mean, Lee's pointed out. So in, in the first half at Newport, we scored the goal. I think Jack Payne had a chance. 
Second half after it was 3-1, we hit the post and had a couple of uh, Gongar scrambles that ended up going over the bar. Lee said, we simply don't have enough in the final third, especially with Campbell injured now. Uh, we're going to struggle. Surely another striker is a must ASAP or we'll be giving uh, other clubs a-, a head start. So, yeah, the, the, um, the, the debate that, that rages on ev- every sort of August now, which is if we could have all of our transfer dealings done by the first day of the season, which in an ideal world would be the case, then we wouldn't be risking other teams who maybe have acted a bit quicker having three or four games to, to go ahead and, and do what they can do. But at the same time, you know, how often, how many sides in our league have finished their transfer business now as well? So I don't, I don't know there's that many. Like, even, even it's a point I come back to. If you look at the, the team that started for Southampton in the championship on, on Friday against Sheffield Wednesday, half of them won't be there by the end of the window. It's a very strange time to be watching games these days because you're, you're with a squad where there's still quite a lot of potential for turnover. And we've seen with us, we, we still need it. Yeah, I think it, it's it's been a weird old transfer window just in general. I think there hasn't been any massive movements as far as I've seen um, in any of the leagues. So I think people are being more cautious now. And I think, I know a couple of people were saying sort of why are we signing players that are unfit? But I guess potentially last season, you would think that those the players that we're getting in are players that, Dean had kind of earmarked last season to start to talk to. Um, and as we know, we had to wait for the whole um, takeover to, to go through before we could do any of that business, really. I mean, I know it was being said that we could have done some before, but Thomas wasn't going to spend money on something that he knew he was getting rid of. So I think now, now you look at it that, yeah, I think we're going to have another one of those sort of mad endings to the transfer window. Um, and I, if I'm honest, I think we're going to probably have to rely on some loans again. Because um, obviously, it, I mean, it came off brilliantly last season, didn't it, with us having Jez. Um, and maybe we can get another little gem like that. But it's, we're not, I, 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 even with this takeover now, I still don't feel like we're, we're going to be able to compete with some of the other teams in the transfer market in terms of fees or wages. Um, so it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to know where else we can stre- like we know where we want to strengthen, but it's then it's it's one of the, it's a buyer's market, isn't it, at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Like everyone's going to yeah. be after the same players, and what are we going to offer a player better than teams that are potentially going to be bigger, stronger? Um, more wages, whatever. Well, that'll be that'll be the fascinating part between now and the end of the transfer window. Is I guess for the new ownership, they've sort of they're sort of going to be trying to prove why they're here, and, and you know, if they're here to, to to make real gains in terms of players and that and that sort of thing, we'll we'll find out as the uh, uh, as the month goes on. Alex saying that players will take time to get up to speed. Uh, if we get significant points on the board early, uh, we'll only get stronger. Peterborough uh, will be. Uh, a proper test, which I agree from. Paul says, we need to learn lessons quickly from the Newport game. We'll be forgotten if we make the playoffs. I felt so sorry for the travelling fans. So uh, listening to that second half uh, was pain enough, especially everyone who drove back on the night like I did, found the M4 closed and the M25 closed, which are basically the only two roads you need to get to Wales. Um, so it did take a while. I was back about half two. Uh, I saw one person on one of the forums got back at like four in the morning. They got completely lost without sat-nav. Luckily, uh, luckily I was all right on that. Um, Jay saying there's got to be another Yan or Lyle out there 
who needs a second chance, which is, uh, yeah, which is obviously now that's up to Andy Scott to go and find him, Dan. And McGrandall's lost the ball, we concede. Also, our finishing needs working, and we had an open goal uh, after Kirk hit the post, but we blaze it over. Players like Kirk, McGrandall's, and DJ uh, need to go. And it does seem likely that they'll probably be in the in the minds of, of Dean and, and Andy when they come to the sort of players they might want to move on uh, in order to bring others in. Right, let's have a listen to what Dean uh, had to say uh, after the game uh, with uh, Newport. I caught up with the Addicts boss uh, down there at Rodney Parade. Dean, a very disappointing second half since you knocked out of the EFL Cup this evening. Yep. Got ourselves into a good position, didn't we, with, with the goal just before half-time. Um Really disappointed we didn't. We had them exactly where we wanted them, even up until 60 65. We won the up, complete control, complete dominance, but no, not enough in the final third to go and take the game away from them. Um, as comfortable as we were, there's you know, still too many basic errors within the game in terms of giving cheap possession away and allowing the, oppor- uh, the opportunity for the you know, for a team who wants to sit deep against you and, and, and counter attack and then you know, very, very direct, obviously. But we dealt with that with ease, really, for most of the time up until that point, and then obviously the poor. The first goal was a poor one for us to concede completely out of the blue. We, you know, we lose, we lose the ball in a dangerous area outside our box. Second one, we end up in a position, we get a bit of a muddle, and um, you know, headers dug down to the edge of the box, and then we get dragged towards the balls. Too many players around the ball, and not not marking correctly in the box, too easy for them to score. And then obviously the third one, obviously one of the boys slips, and you know they're in on goal. So you know, to go from where we were at one 0 to end up losing the game three one is is really disappointing. But as I say, I think it is. I think there's potentially a mentality issue there as well, where we, you know, we need to then go and stamp that real authority on the game and go and take the game away from them. We didn't do it, and you get punished. That was going to be my next question. You spoke about the, the winning mentality. Obviously, at times last season, the, the way the, the side sort of reacted to setbacks wasn't what you were hoping for. Was that disappointing that they couldn't do the same this evening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, having said that, we've we've then gone in at the post late on and had two open goals that we've missed and could have been easily gone in at three three or whatever. But obviously, that's not meant to be. But. Uh, not even when we went through the adversity losing the first couple of goals. It was more when we were one nil up. We should have. And I was looking for us to go and really take the game to them, and as I say, take the game away from them. Um, but we weren't able to do it. Yeah. Made ten changes coming into the game. Obviously, there, there is still a requirement to get minutes into some of the, the new players. I mean, did you did you get that out of this this evening at least? Well, that's obviously going to be levelled at me, and you know, it's not really the, the, the facts are the ten changes. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances for that. We knew. Teo had needed to get minutes, not played all pre-season. Terry Taylor the same. Um, we knew they couldn't get through 90, so we knew there'd be two subs to be used out of, out of the five straight away. Panucci Kamara, if he plays anything longer than 50, 55, 60 tonight, then he's not gonna, really going to be available for us at the weekend. Um, we came into the game on the back of four enforced changes. Um, so, you know, we had to make a decision on the other lads, thinking, well, we've only really got a sub or two to play with, really, with them three that I've just mentioned uh, getting some minutes, so... We needed players then, hopefully, who could go and play the 96. Obviously, we lost Chinny early through injury. We lost Manny Agbo in the warm-up. Um, so, yeah, not an ideal night for us. Yeah, as much as those minutes into legs is a good thing in, in early rounds of the cup competitions, I guess injuries are a risk as well. And we've seen we've seen three this evening, Tyrese as well, walking off in a in a boot. What can you tell us yeah, about the three? Yeah, he suffered a kick to his ankle and he's, he's rolled his ankle. So, again, we'll just have to see how that how that is over the next couple of days. So, we've gone from having none at all, really, apart from Miles, he's one, uh, to picking up a few now and... Um, yeah, we'll have to see where we're at come Thursday, Friday, ready for the for the Peterman game. Yeah, what's the deal with, with Scott Fraser? Because you mentioned on Saturday, you've had a few few days to assess now. Well, what was his injury? Yeah, he wasn't available for us tonight. Um, Nathan is in way the same. Picked picked something up, Lloyd Jones. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll take stock and we'll see where we're at. 
I guess um, the, the new owners met a few Charlton fans this evening before the game. I imagine there was a conversation with supporters about the transfer window that's going to be very important now, and I guess tonight highlights that. Yeah, I think so, and we've recruited really well up to now, and obviously we're still going to be active. I think if you look, we've, we've got young Daniel Carno, Carno, um Other than that, we've only really got Alfie May available up front, so you know, obviously to play Alfie tonight would have been a, a risk. If we'd have lost him, we'd have been really light, wouldn't we? So, listen, I'll take it on my shoulders. We've, we've lost the game 3-1, having been in complete control. Um, we have to bounce back. Just away from today, because I know it's something that fans have noticed. It, in Jamaican media, you've been uh, linked with a striker from over there. I mean, is that the sort of markets you're, you're looking in, sort of looking around the, the entire not, globe? Well, I don't moment? read the media, but I've particularly <laughs> not seen anything from the Jamaican media, so no, I'm not sure what that's about. There we go, Charlton, uh, Charlton Live exclusive there. Dean Holden does not read the Jamaican media. Um, I felt so stupid asking that question, but the, these things pop up online and fans want answers, so it's sort of why I was smirking whilst uh, asking that. We heard Dean speaking about the injuries uh, as well, though, which we will come on to uh, after the break, but our Peterborough correspondent is waiting in the waiting room. So we're going to have an advert break, uh, then we're going to come back and we're going to turn our attention uh, to Saturday's trip up to London Road. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello, fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Thank you to our sponsors there uh, for their support for the upcoming season. As I said, then we, uh, we shall turn our attention to Saturday's trip uh, up to London Road. Now, don't forget, of course, there is still plenty to talk about in terms of the injury situation uh, where you'd like to see a strengthen between now and the end of the uh, of, of the transfer window as well. So feel free uh, to hang around for that conversation. But let's have a look uh, at Peter Brunel. I'm delighted to welcome 
uh, to the stream. Uh, Tim from the uh, Yellow Block uh, podcast, who's got brackets posh in his uh, name on screen. I don't know if that's because he's a Peterborough fan or if that's just a self-appraisal. Welcome, welcome, Tim. Do, do you normally wear a monocle at this time? Or? <laughs> Good evening. No, anything other than posh, I would, uh, <laughs> you know, I would probably say posh just in the uh, satirical football sense for this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, you've got the shell shock look on your face of a man who supports the team that were four nil up in a playoff semi-final just a couple of months ago <laughs> and yet still still found themselves not making the trip to Wembley I mean obviously it was a remarkable end to last season you have to go again how how are the posh fans feeling ahead of this campaign well it's weird I think the the vast majority of posh fans had incredibly low expectations going into those playoffs anyway <clears throat> excuse me so it was it was a great journey I mean it was heartbreak at the end but were we ready to go up? Probably not. Um, this summer has been a strange one, both on and off the pitch, really, for the club. And listening to what you guys were saying earlier, it, it, there's, there's a lot of parallels, it seems, between the two fan bases, um, just in terms of expectations and tempering those expectations. I think that's definitely a case um, in North Cambridgeshire as well at the moment. It's it's We've been billed to basically accept mid-table kind of mediocrity really this season which is unusual for a posh fan because we're always kind of sold the big story that this is our year and you know we're going up as champions so slightly different mindset remains to be seen whether or not that will um that will last through the season a few results one way or the other and it may change but um definitely lower expectations than normal yeah i mean it's obviously hard to assess the start after one league game but you, you went to a reading side that uh, for all their, their troubles and travails, seem, seem to be signing players still. And you got a result there. So um, what did you make of your, your side in the opening day game? We weren't great. Um, I mean, you touched on it there. It's, it's, it's well known, the issues that Reading are having. Um, they weren't good, if I'm honest. Um, and I know this isn't about Reading, but I, I do think they're going to struggle based on what we saw in that 90. We were okay. Um, we've lost a lot of experience, and I think that showed. Um, another okay-ish performance Tuesday night against Swindon. Um, you know, we, we were able to turn over at what we would perceive a weaker team unlike, uh, unlike Charlton, but, you know, that's just throwing a bit of shade your way. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been okay. It's been uninspiring, I would say, in terms of pre-season and these first couple of games. The biggest benchmark for us kind of comes on Saturday, really. Um, and I've seen a couple of your, your, your listeners say the same from, from your perspective. So I feel like this is a... Um, probably wouldn't go as far as to say six points, but it's absolutely a benchmark for both teams here. I think there will be a happier side at, at, at the end of uh, 90 minutes on Saturday, I suspect. I've now cursed it for a 0-0 draw, of course, but um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like both sides need Saturday to kind of see where they're sitting at the moment. Yeah, so when, when I sat sat down and sort of set up the YouTube page for this this week's show, I, I, I wrote the title, is this an early pre like an early season promotion six pointer so that was before we lost 3-1 at Newport County and that after I felt a bit silly but on paper I mean you guys are saying you're feeling mid-table so I mean if we go there and win does it prove anything if you guys turn us over does it does it prove anything at this early stage in the season I think it does because I mean let's be honest Charlton are a a big team in this pond Uh, yes you know you've kind of lingered around here for a while but it's Chance a big club, so it would be wrong of us to kind of. For us, it's always going to be a tough game. Now, obviously, I can't comment on how Charlton see Peterborough, but I'd like to think that most teams see Peterborough as playoff fodder potentially, certainly at the right end of the table. So, I guess yeah, for for, for both sides, it is very much a case of a win will really set a little bit of hope in motion. Um, certainly for you guys, having obviously lost in the cup, you, you now go and beat Peterborough on Saturday. Suddenly, that game's forgotten and all looks great. 
And the same for us, if, you know, if we convincingly turn over Charlton, well, that's a big team in this league. So suddenly things start to get a little bit of traction. So, yeah, maybe not six-pointer, but certainly it's along that kind of ilk in that it's, you know, not so much result, but certainly performance, I think, for certainly for Posh. Mm, yeah, all hell let loose is asking how the pitch is, obviously, after that frozen pitch debacle uh, last season. Um, Johnson Clark Harris, I, I, I'm assuming you don't expect to keep him, but he's there currently. So is that is that how, is that the case? I, I mean, how do you solve a, a problem like Johnson Clark Harris? He's a you know two times golden boot winner at this level, and yet, if I'm honest, and I can't speak for the whole fan base, I think most of us are ready for him to move on. Um, he restricts our style of play slightly. I think a lot of the problem at the moment with Johnson Gark Harris is twofold. One, he's too probably too good for League One. So realistically, you're looking at a championship side. Will a championship side take him on? Probably not. Certainly not for the money that, that we want. And, and I guess that's the second issue is, you know, our, our chairman will have a figure in mind. And unless somebody meets that figure, there's there's no way he's going anywhere. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still here come the end of the transfer window. Um, and I also kind of feel like he's sort of stopping anyone else coming in just now. Um, I feel like we, we need the funds from a sale there before we can we can bring anyone else in. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays at the club. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, and just finally, um, it's a question I'm probably I feel like I'm going to ask quite a few of our opposite like opposition correspondents over the next few weeks because it's a question I've been wrangling with. Do you think League One's a bit weaker this year? And you know, obviously we've lost Plymouth, who, who's got a lot of points. Ipswich, who are money money spending. And, and sorry to remind you, we lost Sheffield Wednesday at the end of last <laughs> season as well. Um, do, does it feel like an easier division to you? Because to me, I think it does, which gives me more hope than than last season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and funny enough, we were saying the exact same thing on, on our season preview uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It's without a doubt a, a weaker league in terms of the teams and the stature of the teams. But also, it's been a really strange summer for football in general. There's not been a lot, I don't believe, there's not been a lot of ins and outs. There's no real teams making huge moves in any of the leagues, really, and, and even more so in League One. And you look at the teams that have come down, I don't think they strengthen the league. Obviously, you know, Wigan have got issues uh, Reading of, of well, we know that they're struggling. And the teams that have come up, I mean, they're okay, but are they going to mount a promotion push? Probably not. So you're looking at the teams that were there before to make a move. So the likes of Charlton and potentially you throw Peeper into that mix. And yeah, I, I think a team will make a run that we maybe don't expect. So, you know, the likes of maybe a Lincoln or a Portsmouth, somebody like that will will start to gain traction. And and absolutely i think it's fair to say that that both our clubs are in that mix i just think it's been a it's been a bit of a damp squib let's say for both or certainly for posh this summer it's been a rather uninspiring few months so our expectations are low that might work in our favor i suppose we'll uh, we'll see yeah, we'll see. Well, not to be too reactionary, of course, but whichever team wins on Saturday will begin going to uh, finish in the playoffs. And obviously, whichever team doesn't uh, is more likely to be relegated. Tim, thank you for your time. <laughs> we'll leave you to your, your caviar and your top hats and uh, look, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. No worries. Just one very quick question for you. So one, right. of my, one of my best friends is a Gillingham fan who seemed to be a bit of a, a waking giant in the selfie. Sue's already put her head in her hands just here. I have to ask, because he claims to be the biggest and best football league club in Kent, do Charlton fans see themselves as a Kentish team or a London team? <laughs> this will solve a lot of banter in our group chat. 
Yeah, I can tell you it's a South East London team. And if Gillingham want to try and claim to be the biggest team in Kent, I think they've already forgotten the likes of Maidstone and Ramsgate and, <laughs> and, and all those teams. Even I was going to say Hastings, but Hastings in Sussex, I think, actually, Sue, isn't it? So there we go. Yeah, no. Uh, Gillingham always try and pretend we have a rivalry. The only reason uh, there's like we take more fans down there than anything else is because it's quite easy to get to, you know. Um, there is absolutely <laughs> no rivalry between us and them. So, yeah, they, they can take that title if they want, but I think even Bromley would have a few questions about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks Perfect. for your well, time, you've, Tim. You've cleared that one up. No worries. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. guys. It's been a pleasure. There we go. That's Tim uh, from the Yellow Block uh, podcast, uh, giving us the Peterborough of US. Interesting to see. That it sounds like they feel like they're in a similar uh, position to us. Now, I, I did say the injury crisis is starting to sort of catch up with us uh, a little bit. We heard uh, some of the, the questions I had for Dean after Newport. Now, of course, we're a couple of days uh, further down the line. So Terry spoke to Dean uh, during today's press day and asked for a bit of an update uh, on the injury situation. I think we picked up some injuries uh, on Tuesday night and added to the, to the few knocks we got on Saturday as well. Uh, how is the squad shaping up? What's the, uh, what's the uh, not just the mood of the dressing room, but how are we in shape-wise in, yeah, uh, heading into Saturday? We Obviously, we weren't. We got through pre-season with really it was only Miles that, that picked something up, which was obviously a knock, which no one really could have done much about. And, in, and yeah, in the last couple of games, we've picked up some knocks and niggles, which we're still assessing, and we'll continue to do so right up until kickoff uh, on Saturday. So, um, how's the mood? We did the players come back in today and um, get back to work. We get back to work, irrespective of what the result and the performance was on Tuesday or the previous day we, we get to work and we focus fully on that day and getting the most from it and and, uh, and we'll do the same again tomorrow with another really good match prep day and we go there with high hopes on Saturday. Uh, you mentioned last week that um, your transfer targets in, the, in this, what remains of the transfer window hadn't really changed regardless of the injury situation to, to our strikers effectively. In light of the niggles and knocks we've got now, is that still the same or have you, uh, have you, have you got to widen your outlook a little bit? Well, we're in, we've got a plan. We're in the we're in the market for for, for good players who we believe would, would come in and improve us. And um, sometimes they take a bit longer, as we've seen throughout pre-season, for different reasons. So um, it's not necessarily we're, we're going to rush and go and get the, a player that, to bring in in sort of now that we don't believe is the right player for the football club. So no, we won't do that. Uh, we're still pushing on. We're trying to um, be active and bringing targets in. And as I've said before, equally there'll be you know there'll, there'll be players moving on as is normal at this uh, stage of. Of the season, so um, my full focus at the moment is on uh, is on getting the team ready to uh, to go and win our second game out of two in, in the league and and uh, continue that good start in, in terms of the league form. So we go. That's Dino sort of addressing the the injury situation. Not not too much in in terms of news there, Mark. Uh, obviously, then went on to talk about transfers, which we can talk about as well. So I mean, obviously, we already knew about. Uh, Miles Lieburn picking up that injury at we- uh, um, Welling. We already obviously just uh, know that, that Anike is currently injured. Um, and so on Tuesday night, we lost Tyrese Campbell and Chin to in-game injuries. And we lost Egbo. He felt his, uh, I think it was his quad or his hamstring, I can't remember, in the, in the warm-up. So he wasn't able to be on the bench. Uh, we knew that Fraser uh, was carrying something after the, the game on Saturday, so he was unavailable. And adding to that, what we didn't know before Tuesday was a Simway and Jones uh, were also in a position where they require some sort of assessment, certainly before um, Saturday, and, and for all we know, could or, or might be injured. Um, you know, vi- visually, Tyrese Campbell, I should have said, was even in a boot um, after the challenge that he had. You always hope it's precautionary, but 
knowing our luck, he'd probably have to have his leg amputated or something. Like, it's, it's happened already. Like, normally you wait until at least the end of August before the crisis kicks in, but it started already and it's really highlighted that we are short. Yeah, um, we are Jack Payne short. That's how short we are. Um, look, it's it's the same thing. Every club is going to get the injuries. I don't care about every other club. And you do look to yourself thinking, you know, we've managed to get through pre-season, Miles being the only one, which they did say a few weeks ago was only going to be a couple of weeks. And you do wonder why his rehab is taking as long as it's taking. Um I think they were hoping it's, for like end of August, weren't they? So it's, it's still within the time frame, but yeah. yeah. And I the understand. They don't want, he's not going to be fit because obviously he won't have his match fitness because he's been missing for what a month now. Um, and obviously with the kids picking up the knocks, which is going to happen, they're going to be in. It's like, the size of some of these kids are under fourteen, under fifteen. They're they're, they're bigger than us, so they're going to be knocks. But now it's. I don't want to use the expression now it's a proper man's game because it's, you know what I mean? It's a proper physical thing. So you're going to get those. And unfortunately, our players like TC are going to get those kind of, you know, it's because they're going to be targeted and it's how they bounce back from that. It just comes down to how we can cope. And it's, again, for him to say to the players are coming in, right, step up. Step up, you know, if, if that's how we're going to be, do I have to play you slightly out of position? You know, can you step up and do that? Um, it's unfortunate if we do get to the Saturday and we are down maybe three of those names, and okay, they're going to say they're going to assess them, they could just be sort of like wrapping them up in cotton wool, um, and see how it goes. It's it's difficult until we see who's actually in the squad for Saturday, it's quite hard to analyze it. Why it happens, it it just happens, you know. Mm. It's there's, there's nothing we can do apart from it does show where we. Like I agree with Sue. You know, we obviously looked at the striker position. Yes, May. I understand why he didn't start him, and you've got Carnu, and he likes rotating. You know, Corey up there and Kirk up there. It shows. You know, Kirk's finishing. It. I've seen him score some really good goals for other teams. And you think to yourself, why do the goals change when you're wearing a red shirt or whatever colour we're wearing that day? It's just like thinking it, it doesn't change. What is in your head that you can't do it like you did it for other teams? And I don't know, maybe the sports psychologist should get into a few of the heads and say, you know, what what is the problem with finishing? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so, there's, so. There's, there's, loads, there's loads of... Uh... Problems that, that the sports psychologists would need to address if they're going to start start on our team. Obviously, we, in, ter- in terms of play, um, the, we, we've spoken about the injury, Sue, which which is obviously a concern. But then, that, as again, it comes back to the the, the question of marks about the squad. Um, the, there's there's been a few people in in the chat sort of talking about the loan market, which is obviously something we will need to um we'll need to try and utilize. But also that tends to be, as we saw with Jez, later on in the window once the Premier League squads have worked out what they're looking at as well. So uh, how much urgency is there to try and get stuff done a bit quicker? I mean, Dean doesn't want it to be too quick because then you might be jumping on players when you're waiting, when you could wait for others and and uh, and pick up better ones. But the, 
there has to be sort of be a balance there because you know as we've mentioned before there's what four or five games in august where there's three points up for grabs in each one and you could find yourself dropping behind any teams that get on a good run a good run at the start yeah and i think as well you need to think about obviously we we had other loans that didn't work out jez jez for us was like i think he's the start that he had um people were questioning it and they're not always the answer because again if they don't gel with the team or they're from a Premier League team and they're just here because they think oh right this is going to get me onto the biggest stage so ego comes into it and stuff like that you would hope I mean I I think Dean's a pretty good judge of character in terms of getting in people that are going to be right as a person as well as the player but I think, yeah, it's, 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 there's a fine line, isn't there? Because you need you need a bit of experience. You don't want to be like relying on 19, 20-year-olds that have never played the man's game. They've been playing in 23s or whatever for their Premier League sides. But then you run the risk of you getting, getting a, a player, buying a player even from, from another team that, then you've got an injury and you've got to go down the loan route anyway. So it's it's just such a tricky balancing act of getting the right bodies in because you can't guarantee no injuries, can you? We, I mean, we discussed it last season, the whole injury situation. We are like, are we cursed? But actually, I think that when they've talked about it, actually a lot of teams have been in the same situation. It's only apparent to us because it's our team we're watching. Mm. Um. So yeah. it, I don't think necessarily that it's we're any different to any other club in terms of injuries, but it's worrying that we're only two games in and we've already lost mm. quite a few about what would be seen as our starting lineup. Yeah, and that also obviously the fact we've gone out of the cup takes away some of the minutes that they that players who need fitness could could have used. Um, obviously we've still got the uh, EFL trophy or whatever it is. I think we're playing Crawley at some point in September maybe, but obviously that's a, that's a little while away. Uh, obviously, I did mention earlier the Jamaican striker. Uh, is it quite clear? I've, I don't know what his name is. That's how that's how um, how unsure I am that there's there's a great deal in this story. But um, the only Freeman said, uh, I, I, I know it's silly, but the fact he specifically said he doesn't read the, me- the Jamaican media made me think he's denying it because it's true. Uh, John's, John's saying, who doesn't read the Jamaican media? Uh, well, it depends what they're, they're talking about, I guess. Uh, Joe Joe Puddyfoot put a great joke about reggae reggae sauce on uh, on on Twitter on Tuesday, which he was very proud of, which was very good. But yeah, we're not going to give it too much airtime, Joe. Uh, so yeah, it'd be very interesting to see if we are shopping in that sort of market, unless unless we find a bit of a rough gem in the Jamaican Premier League. But we will see uh, as the time wears on. Right, let's uh, hear Dean Holden's uh, thoughts ahead of the game. Uh, with Peterborough again, he spoke to Terry earlier on uh, this afternoon. We're up next, weather permitting, of course. Uh, we had two draws against them uh, last season. They finished in the top six, um, and like us, they've made a number of changes, outs and ins. Would you expect them still to be battling at the top there and challenging for a top position? I think so. I think they've, I think Jack Taylor leaving from midfield is a really, a really top young prospect, and a real coup for for Ipswich to sign. Having said that, they brought Archie Collins in, who I believe is a really good player. From Exeter, they've they've obviously kept hold of Johnson Clark Harris. They've got Polku still in there. They've Mason Clark picked up an injury last week, so we'll see on that. I think Kipriano in midfield's a good player. So 
they've kept all the Ronnie Edwards. I'm going through quite a few now. They've got, um, I believe they're, uh, yeah, I believe they've got a really good team. And I said again after the game the other night, Darren's been in and out really over the last couple of years, but it's a team that he knows well, and it's a team that have been together for quite a while. So we know their way of working, we know their style of play, we know where their threats are. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing us going there and uh, really stamping our off for it on the game. There is a stat for Peterborough if you exclude their championship season. Um, the last four seasons in League One, if you finish above Peterborough, you're either in the playoffs or you're promoted. So they're, okay. al they're almost a barometer of where we need, I guess, where, where clubs need to be uh, in League One over the last few seasons. I think, like I say, there, they've, particularly in Clark Harris, they've had a striker who scored goals at this level. And they've had some good supply lines as well. They've, they've obviously lost Joe Ward in the summer. We replaced him with a, with a, a really good addition in Kyoso. So I think their recruitment over the years, you have to say, um, it's been excellent, Barry Fry leading that with, uh, with the guys in and around the recruitment department. They, they always seem to recruit well, they always seem to be one step ahead, they're going to lose one and they'll bring one in from maybe a lower level. And So uh, yeah, again, an exciting game for us, can't wait. We um, had a habit of last season during your reign with us when you joined of bouncing back from disappointments. It was almost like a, a, a something we always did, uh, bouncing back from, from a setback. And we're going to take a good, we always take a good following up to uh, what was London Road in Peterborough. You're expecting the same, I think, this week and uh, expecting a bounce back as well, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's been the message, I think. As angry and disappointed as we were after the game, as, as, as mostly is the case when you lose a game, certainly in that manner when we've been in complete control and in a winning, a winning lead, I think it's, it's, it's about re refocusing on what's next. Um, obviously trying to make some changes to where we maybe weren't as good as we needed to be the other night, but at the same time knowing that there's a lot of strengths in the team as well. And um, my focus is always on what we do next. You know, you spend time reflecting, you spend time going through previous games, of course you do. But it's very quickly, particularly in this division, it's, there's games coming all the time, so it's about refocusing the players' mindset onto what the next challenge is, um, how we can go and stamp our off, as I've already said, on the opposition and go and, and go and take care of that next game and not get too down and too up about what's, what's gone before, what's coming next. It's all about the, the next moment, taking care of that. And uh, I think that was obviously the potential what you were talking about there last season. We've, you know, we, we tended to get out of you know, a defeat quite quickly. So, um, disappointed overnight. We made a lot of changes and um, we'll see where we're at in terms of the injuries. But there'll certainly be some players coming back who will be fresh as well. So, yeah. There we go. That's Dino looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to London Road. Um, Team news. Uh, I guess the, the, one of the points of discussion already in the in the chat is is who's going to start up alongside May. We had exactly this uh, this conversation last week uh, when we landed on Tyrese Campbell on the show, and Dean listened and, and played him up there. Now, of course, he's got injured, so we have to have the conversation again. So, I mean, Johan's asked the question: Will it be Kirk or Carney uh, on Saturday, Mark? Which way do you see that going? Uh, neither. I think they'll both be on the bench. I think he'll try and push Corey. I mean, I know, we know Corey's dangerous coming in. And I think if you're only going to play May up like that, you've, you've got to play Corey with him. Um, I think Kirk can get lost in a game. I mean, Peterborough is, is one of those grounds. It's, it doesn't suit us. It's, it's a, it's a, what I call a tight ground. It's, you feel um, there's not a lot of space. So for our wingers and stuff, is it is it going to do well? I don't know. I I think he's not going to play two up, so he's not going to play um, Carnu there. Possibly, if we were losing, he might put Carnu on. Um, it's a different kind of game. I mean, 
everyone was saying about how Alfie May is a pest and what you want with a pest is someone who's going to feed off him. I don't think Carnu's going to feed off him like that. I think Miles will be more suited when he comes back to play alongside him. And that big one, small one works well. Um, he might even be tempted to put Payne up next to him, but that does give, because there's no height. But again, Payne, we've talked about him for like a couple of seasons saying, you know, where's his best position? Again, he can be a right pain. I mean, literally, but a real pest. And if you've got two like that buzzing around your centre-halves, and he's got a decent shot on him from distance as well. So I I'd, I'd wouldn't even put I wouldn't put Kirk and Carno. I'd put Payne behind May and do that. But that's that's me. What do I know? <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, there's like I say, it, it's a headache certainly at the moment. I mean, Dean even mentioned uh, post match on, on Tuesday about how other than than Carney, uh, we know we don't really have any other fit strikers to go alongside May. So it does it, it does pose a, a bit of a difficult question. I mean, defensively, Sue. We were we were better on on uh, last Saturday than we were the previous Saturday against Aberdeen. Um, that included obviously Hector starting from the bench. Hector came on, uh, or sorry, played played on Tuesday, and, and and we didn't necessarily have the best game defensively as a unit. Not blaming Hector, but obviously he he was one of the ones that came in. So do you revert to the the, the back three that we started last week? Obviously Jones is po- probably injured by the sounds of it, so we don't know if he's going to be fit enough to play. Also. Um, you'd expect a much tougher task against Peterborough for us defensively than we got from a Leighton Orient side who were also missing strikers themselves. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is is right. Maybe we do we we need to go with the back three. If if Lloyd's not fit for Saturday, um go with the back three and then just have that five in midfield so that you can kind of use the advantage down the sides, but then you've got to have pacey, pacey's, pacey ones, didn't you? Down the side, so it's um, it's a difficult decision, especially when you you're not sure. I mean, I, I watched when I was watching going back to the Newport game again. as like Ness didn't look as confident and he as he has done when I've seen him before. So whether that is because of who he was playing with, or I mean, heck. Like, I love him as a player. I think he's great. I think, obviously, ending the last ending last season injured and then perhaps not being... Because it was quite late on that we re-signed him. Maybe he's not 100% fit yet. So, I think if you if you was going to go with the four, then you'd have to put, yeah, heck in there with... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's yeah, this sort of sums up the headaches I think Dean will be having at the moment because, I mean, all hell let loose. I said, who's going to play on the right with a Simway, Egbo and Chin uh, all right, all out. And Leraway, I'm not sure if he's back from suspension yet because he got sent off for Bromley towards the end of last season. But it might be coming up. Uh, I'll have to see. But I feel like he might have got two red cards last season. So we'd have to double check that. Uh, Shiny Field saying we'll see Kamara in midfield um if uh, if we can dan would like to see a, a midfield free of dobbo anderson and kamara again if fraser's out which sounds reasonably likely at this moment in time um yeah there's uh, there's plenty of headaches there for for dean to pick from um if we win saturday mark doesn't mean we're going up if we lose doesn't mean we're not going to get playoffs but as an indication how will you see it because we don't know exactly where peterborough are going to be this season but they tend to be in, in, in the in the upper half of, of League One, as as we heard Terry mention. They've actually got a very good recent record at this level. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's not really been a happy hunting ground for us over over years anyway. Um, six, six visits without a win now, I think, since the 5-1 like in 2011, which was my first trip there. And uh, no, it's, it's, look, it's like we say, you don't get too up, don't get too down. I'm a great follower. We said, you know, let's see where we are after 10. As long as it's not win, lose, draw, win, lose, draw, you, you know. The watchword for last season was consistency. We didn't really have any. So we were, yes, we were bouncing back from defeats, but there was no good run. Is too early. We can look, we can justify losing on Saturday with the injuries we've picked up and not having the squad we want yet. You know, you don't, you don't win. They don't hand out the trophy in the first month, you know, and you don't get relegated in the first month. So it, it's a hard one to look at. If, if 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 we have a draw, you say right, okay. What positives? What negatives can you take from it? It's you. You don't get. If we lose, we know we lose. It's you say we've got another forty six games to go or forty four games to go. Um, you don't want to be too far behind. Say if Barnsley have another stonking win and they start pulling away mm-hmm. five six points clear at the top, you're going to start looking at them and raising eyebrows. But we're like, we're going to be very thereabouts, and I think Peterborough are always going to be one of those sides. Again, a, a good barometer. Are we balanced with them? They've had, we've talked about him. They've had a good striker for a couple of seasons. How they've kept hold of him, I think he's been priced mm. out. So I think, for very quickly, we're not going to see any decent loans until the premierships have got themselves sorted, and they won't get know what's going to happen before they let their like players out. So no one's going to come in for probably a couple of weeks. We'll see how it goes Saturday. I, I'm not, I, you know, it says him a thing. I'm optimist. I am an optimist. And I think with a midfield, Dobbo back in there, controlling things. Corey, if he stays fit, you know, May's going to score. You know, you put the ball for him, he's, he's going to score. I think he'll get double figures before December. And, uh, you know, I think you've got to look for positives. And there are positives in the team. And that's what you that's what you cling to as a fan. Well, hopefully we'll see some of them uh, on Saturday. Just finally, a good point from Trevor says DJ could play right wing back, uh, has in the past, probably not good enough, but he might be our only body available. And the fact he wasn't even involved at Newport, to me, suggests Dean probably doesn't see much of a future for him, but he is a warm body in that in that role if we absolutely need one. So who knows? Right, uh, we've uh, we've gone over time. So thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, on the Big Match Preview uh, this week. Thank you, Sue and Mark, as always. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, live on YouTube or listened uh, via the podcast uh, afterwards. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, to look back at whatever happens uh, at Peterborough. But until then, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. This has been Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, a Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs>
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.